We've got some amazing fathers in this church, and they want to pray a blessing over you. So we're going to cut to that right now and let them pray that amazing blessing over you at this time. A father's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face fully toward you. And give you peace. May you reach the purpose for which you were created by him. May you have courage above your peers. May you have compassion for the things of God more than people think is necessary. May you dream more than others think is practical. May you expect more than others think is possible. May you choose wisely without earthly bias. May your children, their children and the generations to follow grow and flourish under the mighty hand of God. Acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly before God. You are called, blessed, favored, chosen, loved, loved, loved. And you have been uniquely designed by the hand of God. For such a time as this. Amen. Amen. How good is it to be together? Receive that blessing from some amazing men who are fathers in our community at this time. But I want to jump into an amazing scripture today. It's John chapter 14, where Jesus presents to his disciples who in the moment are experiencing loss and anxiety about the lost. In John chapter 13, he's just told them he's not going to be around anymore. Some of them are going to betray him. Peter's going to disown him. And, and the devil's going to have his work cut out for him and operating that. And they're experiencing the loss and the pain and the anxiety about all of that. And also there's the very real anxiety around their future. Remember, they'd given up their jobs. They'd given up their careers. They'd laid all that stuff down. What? To follow Jesus. And now Jesus is saying to them, actually, I'm out of here. So the anxiety. So he comforts them. Well, how does he do that? When they're experiencing loss, when they're experiencing anxiety, he comforts them by speaking about the Father in heaven. So I want to read from John chapter 14, verse 1. It goes like this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. It's a good opening line for all of us. Right now, middle of corona, middle of loss, middle of anxiety, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And he continues. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. We love that scripture. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. It's an incredible scripture. We speak about it often. We quote it in our prayers. Why? 
Because there's this presentation. Jesus comes to these people in anxiety, experiencing loss, and he presents the Father. He says, I actually came that you may have a way to him. I came to show you him. I came to reveal him to you. Why? Because our journey isn't just to the cross. Our journey is through the cross into relationship with our glorious Father. We love that. And today on Father's Day, I want to present the Father to you. Not complicated. Not fancy. Just simple. Just the journey of Christianity to the love of a Father. Can I pray for us? Ephesians chapter 1 we, we repeat that incredible prayer the Apostle prays. He says, I keep asking that the God, our Father, the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, the glorious Father may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. God, I pray on this day where the fathers are feeling disappointed in themselves, distracted in their journey, challenged by the circumstances or maybe even just some failure in their journey as a parent. Maybe they've dropped the ball. Maybe they're distant from their kids. I pray would you come, Spirit of God, and would you reveal the glorious Father to us today. Reveal, I pray. Amen. So as we navigate forward, I want to speak today about how good He is. How good he is. Can you say that with me? How good he is. I realize it's a little bit of old school language, but I love it anyway. At the essence of who we are, we are believers. And I've said this so many times when I preach, but what we believe is so incredibly important. And what we believe about God and who he is, his character, his nature, and the essence of who God is, is so vitally important. In my formative years as a believer, a young man joining a church at 14 years old, I had the privilege of sitting under a ministry by a man named Rory Dyer, an incredible ministry of the Father. And I sat under it for you. I've been washed by that ministry. I would say I've been baptized in that ministry and that theology and that truth many, many times. And I love this scripture in John 14, verse 6. Jesus answers, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. There's a journey, and that journey isn't just to the good life. That journey is to a Father and His goodness. See, God is a self-disclosing God. He's not hiding in the shadows or asking us to find Him and seek Him. No, He tells us in Jeremiah 29, He says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. God's not hiding. God will be found by you. Seek Him. Draw on Him. But the scripture that has captivated me today, obviously, is John 14, verse 8. I've heard it preached so many times by Rory, and I want to present it to you today, something of a truth. And it's this cry from one of his disciples. It's this cry from Philip. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. What would be enough for you today? Three more bank holiday bonds on your bond. Some money in the bank, a new job. Would that be enough? Now, Philip had something. He knew that there was a revelation of the Father, the character, the nature, and the essence of the Father that was so essential to walking this Christian life out. It's a radical thing. 12 years of full-time pastoring, sat with many people. You just ask a simple question. Tell me about your dad. 
your earthly dad. And the stories begin to pour out. And probably 80% of the people I've met over the years, in every one of their stories, there are challenges with father relationships that then come above and on top of our relationship with the father rather than coming under it and allowing ourselves to be fashioned in his grace and his goodness. And there's a much bigger challenge in our world right now. And it's been around for ages. It's called fatherlessness. A society without fathers. In South Africa, 62% of children grow up without a father in their lives. And the other 38, 40% are never getting a father who's splitting his time to his energies to the world and giving it away and sometimes is in presence. So this aspect of fatherlessness is a challenge. Some of the stats, 63% of people who commit suicide come from fatherless homes. 80% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists, 85% of children with behavioral problems, and 90% of homeless children come from fatherless homes. God says there's a mandate to the church. He speaks about it in Matthew 28. He says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is this mandate to make sure that we are baptized in the Father, His character, His nature, baptized in the Son, and His saving power, and His perfect blood that breaks into our lives, and then baptized in the Holy Spirit for power to walk it out. This is not a suggestion. It's a command to the church that as we go, we are baptizing. And like I've said, I feel like I've been baptized in the Father. And on top of that, I think I've had a great day. A dad who encountered God when I was three years old, who gave their lives to seeking out this God and growing in their relationship with God. And sure, no father of this earth is perfect. But I felt like I've had a good model. I've had good spiritual fathers in my life who've invested. And I've opened up my heart to men and women breaking into my lives to speak and challenge and fashion. And then there's the privilege of being a father. As I have three little wildlings at home. Three very unique little boys who've walked different journeys and had different challenges already. And I find the fathering journey a challenging journey. And lockdown has been challenging at times to represent the father's gentleness, the father's kindness. Those are the challenges when there's noise going on. Fathering is more than just being a sperm donor. It is much more. It is investing your life, your heart, pouring it in at this time. And I'm telling you, we cannot settle for less than a full knowledge, an ever-increasing knowledge of who God is as a father. And part of the packaging we get, he presents to us in Luke chapter 11, that our God is a generous father. Says this, so the fathers on this earth can give good gifts. If even broken earthly fathers can give good gifts, how much more the father in heaven? So I want to share a few gifts that he gives us. At this Father's Day. And I trust it brings a lightness to your step. I trust it settles anxieties. I trust it settles feelings of loss as you realize how much we have been given. First and foremost, we get a new DNA. I don't know about you, but I grew up really short. And there were times I spent my whole life praying, God, if you could just make me six foot. <laughs> if I could just get someone else's DNA. And God said, no, I had a much better plan for you. And He gives us a heavenly DNA. Puts it in John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did not receive, who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. See, I've sat with men who are children of prostitutes in the middle 
of prostitution, not knowing what part of the world their father was from. And I've seen God reshape, refashion, and re-DNA lives. I've seen others who were the product of rape, product of brokenness, product of abusive homes. And God says all of those things, when you come to the cross, are washed away. And the promise of God is you don't have to take your lineage. You get a new DNA in your story, a DNA impacted and profoundly fashioned by the love of God. This is what God says in Jeremiah 5, chapter 1, verse 5. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. See, the glorious Father says, no human violation can take away from the formation of His grace in our lives and what grace and only grace can do. It's the greatest revelation we can have. We get a new DNA from our Father in heaven. Secondly, we get a new position. See, we live in a world of performance and yet God so perfectly shows us that it's our position as sons and daughters of the living God well before any performance we bring to the table reveals this in a precedent laid out in the baptism of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a, glo- like a dove, not a glove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And what had he done? Any miracles? No. Any major stories? No. He'd just been a child, growing up from a child in his hometown till 30. He'd seen no miracles, no big king statesman. And God says, this is my son, whom I love. Maybe today you make a decision to give your life to God. I want to tell you, he speaks those words over you today. This is my son. You don't have to do anything. There's no Approval that comes from performance. There's just the precedent that Jesus done it all. Our older brother has paid it all perfectly. And somehow these pieces of paper I get at the end of every term and my three different kids with their three different reports and somehow that paper seems to have a validation in their lives even at a very young age. They want the high marks but they have three different abilities and as a father I've got to navigate them and really show them that it's got nothing to do with their performance. They've got to work hard and they've got to maximize the gifts in their life because that's called stewardship. But my love for them and celebration of them has nothing to do with the results on that page. Third, we get a new story. It says this in 1 Peter 1, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed for the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. See, we get the life that is handed down to us, the abundant life is handed down to us from Jesus, from His perfect blood, His perfect sacrifice that was made. So we get a new story. It redeems us from our guilty and broken ways and pulls us into a new story, a bigger story where the gospel is something we participate in, not something we know and keep for one day when we need it. We get pulled into perichoresis. We get pulled into the dance of the Trinity. And we get life. It's an incredible thing. A voice from heaven spoke to Jesus. See, voices are still shouting. Their voices are fear shouting now. Their voices of debt and anxiety shouting now. But will you let the Father's voice fashion you and reveal to you that your story is different? 
The tragedies of Corona are more than just the health and economic. There's mental health challenges, suicide, rocketing in certain areas as people navigate the chaos of what's going on. Why? Because they're anchored in the knowledge that they've got a new story. And although there might be some lows in the story, there are highs and there's an ever-increasing glory in their knowledge of God. Fourth, we get a new qualification. Colossians 1 puts it this way, verse 11, being strengthened, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have full endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. The Father has qualified you. He's already done it. In Jesus, He's already done it. Any more qualifications you think you can get and put on the wall, they don't matter anymore when it comes to the Father and Him looking upon you and saying, Son, daughter, with you I'm well pleased. That's the gospel. And last of all, we get a new access where before we were just slaves, outsiders to the grace of God, outsiders to the story, Jesus breaks in and reveals His grace, His goodness, says, not only do you just get salvation and an eternal story in heaven one day after, you get access to the Father now. You can come like sons and daughters to the Father in heaven, the perfect one. You can come. Ah, oh, it's the best news. How good He is. The enemy tries always to champion. Last time I spoke, I said there's this challenge and the enemy comes to Jesus in his trials and his temptations and says, if you are the Son of God, turn the stone into bread. When we don't realize that we have changed our position from slave into son, we keep operating like slaves and we keep trying to turn stones into bread. That is not the moment now. The moment now, whether your business is under major pressure, whether the banks are knocking, whether there's no food in the cupboard, don't try to turn stone into bread. Find yourself on your knees with the access you have to the glorious Father. And understand this, as we are going through Ephesians, the Bible college, Ephesians 1 verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, every single one. See, as a kid, my parents ran a hotel. My mom used to oversee the kitchen. I could go anywhere. I could get on the roof. I could go in the offices. I could go anywhere. But my best place, into the kitchen. And there was a massive man. His name was Thomas. He was the chef. And, and, and he, he would get stirring. And I'd see stirring a big pot. And I realized, that's custard. That's custard. And he would let me go where no one else, no other kids who stayed at the hotel could go. I would go into the kitchen. I'll take that skin off the top of the vanilla custard. If you've never done it, you've got to try it. Do it now. But I could only go there because my dad ran the show. I had access because of who my dad was. And I'm telling you, because of what Jesus has done on the cross and because of who your father is, you have access into the presence of God and the heavenly realms. But what's the point of having a key if we don't use it? I want to encourage you at this time. Use the key that the access Jesus has won for you, gives you. See, sons have accesses to the father's storehouses. And maybe your storehouse is running empty. He says, will you ask of me? Will you trust me? Or will you be like Moses who struck the rock twice in anger? Even though I was the father who had poured out to my people so many times before. So the good news on this Father's Day is not complicated. It's not clever. It's just these realities. You get a new DNA. 
Oh, Mark, you don't know my story. No, I don't know your story, but I know your future if it's in Jesus. You get a new position. You are no longer outside, but inside, positioned by Christ in the goodness of Father at this time. You get a new story. Your story might have a story of brokenness for years. My father's story was one of alcoholism in his family, and the Spirit of God breaks in, and that line and that chain got broken. You get a new story. You get a new access. An access that pulls you into the presence of God, pulls you in, and you get a new qualification. The best and the biggest qualification you could ever get in the side of eternity. Son or daughter of the living God. See, I've been in lockdown, having a bit more time to play with my kids, and I know I've said this before. But even as they get older, those words haven't dried up, they haven't stopped. And it's the same words every time I get time with them. Dad, watch me, watch me. And one's climbing up a tree, watch me. The other one's hitting a ball, watch me. The other one's throwing something into the window, watch me, Dad. See, the end of the day, we're just sons and daughters wanting to encounter the goodness of our God. I want to read Psalm 121. Maybe you're fighting, maybe you're struggling, maybe there's some challenges in the journey for you. I want to read this psalm as a blessing over you. And I trust a revelation comes that you're a son, you're a daughter of the living God, and He is good. Will you close your eyes for a second? Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So on this Father's Day, maybe you're wrestling your own fathering. Maybe you're wrestling the disappointments of the season. As Jesus encouraged His disciples after the worst news they'd ever received, He takes them to the Father. He says, that's the journey you've got to go on. That's the pursuit you've got to be on. I would encourage you today. If your storehouses have run dry, if your plans and your strategies have failed you, if economies and maybe even governments have failed you, I want to ask you to go on that journey. Trust Him. He never takes His eye off you. And when you just want to be watched and seen and approved, He's there speaking. This is my son. This is my daughter. Whom I'm well pleased. He's never cut you off. Maybe there's no inheritance for you on this earth of earthly nature, but there's a great inheritance in Christ. In eternity, he, He's never been embarrassed by you, but He will discipline and break into your world because He has a future for you and purposes and plans for you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And He is good to you. And on this Father's Day, why don't we receive that? Right now, can you close your eyes just for a second? Father, I pray, take this simple, simple, simple word today a reminder of who you are. I pray in not one of us would there be the arrogance to say, oh, we've heard those scriptures before. I pray those scriptures would explode our hearts as we are revealed again, the glorious Father who loves us, 
who is kind to us, who is good to us beyond measure. I pray your goodness and your kindness and your love over your people at this time. We worship you, God. We worship you.